This is Clutch Crew Sports. Hello and welcome to all. This is Zach here, back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this podcast, we discuss topics ranging from NBA, NFL, college football and basketball, as well as daily fantasy and fantasy football advice. This podcast is featured on Anchor.com, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and more. For updates about the show, visit our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Clutch Crew Sports. Hey guys, this is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. Today, the episode is primarily going to be featured on NFC North Talk. So, similarly to the last episode about the NFC East, we're going to go through each team. All of us are going to talk about ceilings and floors, highlights, um, you know, certain players that we think are undervalued, over, overhyped, etc. And today's a unique episode because we've got four people in the in the call here talking. So it's myself, Connor, and Eric who have you know been the main hosts in past episodes. And we'd like to welcome in my friend Nathan to the show, as this is his first episode with Clutch Crew Sports. So, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here a little bit more often in the fall to talk about some football. Awesome, dude. So, let's jump right into the video here. And I do want to start the video with a question we got on Twitter. I tweeted out a couple hours ago. If you have any questions about the NFC North, comment below and, and we'll answer them. And Anthony and Alex, who run their own podcast, asked the question, where does Mitch Trubisky rank in the quarterback power rankings? And we've got, you know, between all four of us, we've talked about this before the episode started, and we're kind of on two different sides of the stick here. And it's me, Eric, and Connor all kind of in consensus that we would rank him for the entire quarterbacks in the NFL around the 20s to 25 range. And definitely the last for the division. So we would rank the three other quarterbacks ahead of him. Whereas Nathan has got him ranked up, at, I believe, 15 and yeah. the third. The third quarterback in the North, right? Second. Yeah. Oh, second. Second? Yep. Okay. All right. So I'll let Connor uh, in, you know, answer why we think that he's around 20 to 25. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much based kind of solely on the fact that he's unproven. I mean, if you're just going off of stats last year, then, yeah, obviously he should probably be higher because he had a really good season last year. The Bears won the North blah 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 but since he's he's still a young quarterback he's unproven it's kind of hard to rank him above even some guys that are even some guys who didn't even play much last year like Joe Flacco for example I was telling these guys before that you know Joe Flacco didn't play that much last year he got benched for Lamar Jackson but I would still rank Joe Flacco ahead of Mitch Trubisky just because of his track record with the Ravens and you know, he he's a veteran quarterback. He he's serviceable. He's not he's not bad. He's just a 
regular serviceable quarterback. Because, yeah, you look, Zach's got the stats pulled up right now. I mean, for a young quarterback, 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and a 95 rating. That, that's pretty good stats. So, but again, just the unprovenness, and especially in the division, when you're looking at, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Matthew Stafford has been the franchise quarterback with Detroit for a long time now. And the most iffy I was on was the Kirk Cousins one, but Kirk Cousins has proved himself a little bit more. So I think that's why me, Zach, and Eric are ranking him as the fourth in the division and kind of around 20 to 25 range overall on the quarterback rankings. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and I I do want to say he definitely increased his play from his rookie season, which you would – hope for that's that's a positive sign that that he did much better his rookie season he had seven touchdowns and seven interceptions with a rating of 77 2000 yards about 60 percent completion rating which is not very good but he did have a much better year last year but that touchdown interception ratio is still not favorable in my eyes and yeah, I mean, it's like one interception per two touchdowns, yeah. basically. The, the rating is pretty good, but and the completion percentage got better, yards got better, but to me, he's still, like Connor said, he's still got to prove it for a couple more years before I can rank him above uh, some of those players, but he's definitely got potential for sure. But, Eric, if you have anything to comment on, on him? Uh, yeah, I, I think you guys have pretty much hit the nail on the head um it's it's hard to for me to not rank him above last in the division not because he's not a good player or anything but between Kirk Cousins Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers I have a I have a hard time moving him up above any of them <laughs> Kirk Cousins didn't have the greatest year last year so I could I could see Mitchell Trubisky possibly having a better year this upcoming season than Kirk Cousins possibly, but I don't see him doing better than Rodgers or Stafford. But at, at the same time, um, I just as as Zach and Connor both said, he's he's just got to prove himself. I believe that he can. I just haven't seen it yet, so that's the only reason why I've still got him in the low twenties in my QB rankings. But I'm I'm excited to see how he plays next year. So he he's got a good chance, but he's just in a he's in a tough division. So we'll see. All how right, he... yeah. All right, Nate. Tell us why. Uh, tell us why you think he's going to be so much better than than we think. Um. So I agree with what mo- most of what you guys are saying about. Um. He really hasn't proven himself that much yet. He had a great year last year. I thought, but I think the reason why I rate him a little bit higher just based off his potential as far as being all the uh, tools he has and mobility, I think going into his third year, second year in Matt Nagy system, I think he's got a lot of room for improvement. Um, I'm just ranking based on going to next year of quarterbacks I'd want to have on my team. I would uh, prefer him over... Um, Kirk Cousins or Matt Stafford in this point of their careers. Um, I also was factoring in his rushing yards too. He had like four twenty, I believe, last year, and hey. like four or five touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 
you know. <laughs> but um, I think he adds that on the ground that's too. That's true. Which, yeah. um, of all the NSC North quarterbacks, if that's what we're kind of focusing <laughs> on here, he definitely is the best on the ground as well. So I think taking that all into account, uh, you know, I think 15 is a solid spot for him going into next year. I just love how, how Zach just Googled the Trubisky <laughs> yeah. rushing stats and his <laughs> passing stats it. still came up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. So his that rushing was... – oh, my God. Did they not have rushing yards here too? I think they just have passing down a That's bit. just passing. Oh, duh. Man, I'm nope. stupid. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Rushing and receiving. Obviously, it doesn't Yeah, there it is. Uh, you're right. 421 yards, three oh, touchdowns. Oh, man. That's <laughs> – <laughs> It's he one was off. one yard, one yard more than than four twenty, but that was yeah, that was pretty good, man. That I mean, if you, you know, the fact that you're one yard away from his <laughs> exact total rushing yards, from I last knew season. like roughly was around there. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, awesome. Yeah, I'll agree with Nathan in the sense that based off of his potential, he could possibly finish around the fifteen range. I just want to see you know for me just from what i've seen so far that's the only reason why i can't put him there just yet but then but if he you know balls out and has a much better year this year i'll obviously i'll definitely move him up higher in my qb rankings i just haven't fully seen it yet i want to see more consistency from him first but he's he definitely does have the potential he's still young and you know like nathan kind of said too from stafford and cousins we yeah, you know, we've seen what they can do. We've probably seen the best of what they can do, but Trubisky still has room to grow. So, shout out to Madden Twenty for rating Jameis Winston as a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. Oh. <laughs> wow, I, I definitely disagree with that one. <laughs> okay, all right. So, uh, so now we're gonna tell you guys kind of transition. We're gonna talk about the Bears first, but before that, we'll tell you guys our predictions for how the nfc north will play out and my ranking is also going to be the same as nathan's ranking and we've got the minnesota vikings at number one the detroit lions at number two chicago bears at number three and green bay packers at number four connor's got the chicago bears at number one detroit lions at number two minnesota vikings at number three and green bay packers at number four and then Eric's has got Chicago Bears, number one, Minnesota Vikings, number two, Green Bay Packers, number three, and Detroit Lions, number four. So a good amount of diversity between all of our picks, with the exception of mine and Nathan's being identical. So with that being said, Connor is the most confident with his Chicago pick at number one, so I'll let him... Tell us why he's got Chicago number one. <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, just looking at how they were last year, I mean, you know, I don't think going into last year, I don't think anybody thought Chicago was going to be the winner. They thought everybody thought the division was going to be between Minnesota and Green Bay, you know, and then somehow out of nowhere, the Chicago Bears pull out a. I can't remember what was their record last year. Were they eleven and five last year? I think they were. I think they were ten and six. 
<laughs> they were actually twelve and four, and Nathan was right about that. Oh, okay. so yeah, they were twelve and four, which <laughs> I mean, game. and they were <laughs> they were five and one against the division, which is pretty good. I, oh, yeah. And so it's obviously for me, it's kind of the lowest I'd rank them as second, but I have them as first because I think, like what Nathan was talking about earlier, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to take that next step, and I think he's going to be. He, I think he's going to do well. I think he's going to move up. I think his good, he's got that combination of mobility and you know being a decent thrower. He's kind of like a, if you're comparing him to quarterbacks in the division, he's definitely most like Aaron Rodgers in the sense that he's got the mobility to go with his throwing because you don't see Stafford and Cousins running around too much. So mm-hmm. And it adds another dimension to their game. And I think the other important part about the quarterback position in Chicago is I don't think a lot of people talked about this a whole lot, but Chase Daniel was actually a pretty decent backup for them last year because yeah, I remember he had to play a couple games, and they I think they I remember them winning a couple of them. He was he played decently. Obviously, Chicago has a team around him too, so it wasn't all him. But they're in good shape, I think, when it comes to the quarterback position. If you look at the rest of their offense, obviously losing Jordan Howard was not ideal but he did he really didn't play all that well last year everybody thought he was going to be a top five running back and he just kind of disappointed he was just serviceable so I mean they got Mike Davis from Seattle who played okay last year and obviously Tariq Cohen is a good dual threat running back to he can't be in every down back for sure like there's no way he'd ever be the starter but he's that guy that can come in and give you that spark and their their wide receiver position also does not really inspire a whole lot of confidence in me as much. Allen Robinson's the number one guy, but obviously he's had his injury problems and, you know, he played, again, okay last year. Taylor Gabriel is number two, which I think of Taylor Gabriel is more of a slot receiver than a, you know, than just like a number two receiver playing on the outside. So I'm not sure why they have him as number two there and Anthony Miller in the slot, but that's interesting to me. The Trey Burton's a good tight end and I, the offensive line is decent, but what really sets Chicago apart for me in the sense that why I think they're going to win the division is the defense. The defense was what everybody talked about last year. And I think this defense has the potential to be the number one defense in the league next year. And We've seen it happen where, because there's all this talk about, is Trubisky going to fall off? We saw the Denver Broncos a few seasons ago with a pretty terrible offense, but they were carried to a Super Bowl victory by their number one defense. So, I mean, Khalil Mack is Khalil Mack, and the rest of the linebacking core with Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, and Leonard Floyd is one of the best linebacker quartets, I think, in the league. The defensive line is probably the only weakness i'd say i mean akeem hicks is good i don't think i've heard of the other two guys but that'd be a little bit of a weakness and then the secondary with kyle fuller and they picked up haha clinton dix from green bay or actually i think washington that says washington right there so he's traded to washington played a couple games for him but right right but most his career most most green bay Mm -hmm. and so but I would have to give them a, I think a ceiling for Chicago would probably be, 
I'd say NFC Championship, I think. I think the defense is going to be that good that even if the offense isn't to where it could be, I think the defense can carry them that far. I don't know if they'll win the NFC Championship, but I think they can get there. A floor I would have to give them would be probably second in the division, like a 9-7 and seven or an 8-8, eight and eight, you know, possibly contending for a wild card. Because I also wanted to mention this, the one factor for them that I think could kill them, I'm not going to talk about this a lot, but is the kicking situation. Mm. Obviously, Cody Parkey's <laughs> gone, and they don't have a kicker right now, which is kind of important. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, ceiling, NFC Championship, and a floor of the uh, second place, 9-7 or 8-8, eight eight, I think. So, then I'll let Eric go next. Yeah, I had a tough time deciding between whether I was going to pick the Bears to win the division or the Vikings to win the division. But I ultimately went with the Bears. And for the similar reason as Connor, just that I feel like this defense is really, really good. I'm, I was very impressed with how they played last year. Uh, they're returning most of their players. So they're going to be in you know, pretty good sync with each other. I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll necessarily be able to replicate their performance in the sense that they'll be as good as they were last year, but I don't, I definitely don't see them like dropping off majorly or anything. And I also, for the offense, I, I agree with Connor too, that, you know, they don't necessarily have people that are going to, blow you away on paper necessarily but what i do like for them is that similar to the defense they've also got mostly some the same players that they had last year at least in terms of their key positions other than like starting running back i guess with uh jordan howard being gone but you still got Tariq cohen mitch trubisky has the same weapons i know the wide receivers that mitch trubisky had in his rookie year or were none of the same people that he had last year. So not only did he have to get used to a new coach and a new system, he also had to get used to completely new players last year. Whereas this year he has Allen Robinson again. He has Taylor Gabriel again. He's got Terry Cohen again. So I feel like the bears are going to be able to be a more cohesive unit. And they were a missed field goal away from advancing in the playoffs last year and who knows if they who knows if they would have been able to you know beat the saints or not i mean the eagles almost did so i feel like the bears could have had a chance against them too i mean so i could see this bears team having a similar season as last year now as connor said it could be an issue with the kicking game maybe and (laughs) if man if the bears like miss out on the playoffs or lose a playoff game again because of a missed field goal. I know they're going to be ready to like, you know, kill something over there in Chicago. (laughs) That that had to hurt watching them for Bears fans. The double doink. Yeah. (laughs) But so I'm also like Connor, I'm going to give them a ceiling of NFC championship game. I almost gave them a ceiling of Super Bowl appearance, but I, I don't know if I'm quite willing to go that far. And then I'm going to give them a floor 
of oh nine and seven, like either wild card spot or just missing out on a wild card spot. I I think this team's for real, and the only way I believe the floor would happen is if they have a bunch of injuries or something that affect them. But I, I feel pretty strongly with this team, so I will let whoever's going next get into the uh, give their opinions on why the Bears won't win. <laughs> All right, so um, the reason I have the Bears at third kind of gets in my ceiling floor um, reason, so I guess I'll go into that first and then um, explain why. Um, I agree with what everyone was saying beforehand about, you know, their defense, I think on paper is at least top three in the league. And I think they've got all that talent coming back on offense with another year in the system. Um, they should be better there as well. Um, so I think ceiling wise, I think they could make it, they could definitely win the division and potentially even make it to a Super Bowl. But my floor for them is very low. Like I could, I mean, my floor for them would be four or five wins this year. I, I could see them coming in last in the division because um, when I look at this Bears team, I just think a lot about uh, what happened to um, the Jags going from 2017 to 2018. I mean, that defense for the Jags in 2017 was probably one of the best I've ever seen. You know, stacked every single position. And they were, you know, a handful of plays from making the Super Bowl and potentially winning it. And then to go from that team with basically the exact same roster to winning, what, like four or five games uh, last year. And obviously the Bears have a better quarterback and better offensive situation. But I think um, I think it's going to be hard for them to replicate their success from last year just because so much of it came off of um, all the great things their defense did with all the turnovers they had and the pick sixes and the fumbles and the sacks and all that, I think that's hard to um, replicate when you're, like, dependent on all that stuff for your success because that's hard to, um, you know, plan. You can't count on turnovers happening. So um, I haven't picked to finish third in the division. It was close. I was flip-flopping all day with uh, between them and the Lions. I don't have them, like, I think they're kind of right neck and neck. I could see it going either way for second or third, realistically. But I had to give the edge to the Lions just because I could totally see the Bears um, flaming out this year. So that was kind of my thoughts on the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, so I I tend to agree with uh, Nathan more so than Eric and Connor on this pick because I do agree with him about the Jags uh, comparison, but... When I look at this team last year, their defense, they were so reliant on their defense. And this is what I don't like about teams that are so reliant on either offense or defense is that, you know, you put all your eggs in that basket. And then if that if that side of the ball doesn't have, you know, the number one or number two best season, then you're not going to win many games. And offensively I'm I'm really not a fan of of their offense because their wide receivers they're in I mean knock on wood that this doesn't happen but Allen Robinson's got a long career history of injuries Taylor Gabriel's a great slot guy but I guess they have him at the end receiver and Anthony Miller in the slot Riley Ridley is a rookie 
Miller's coming off his second year, I believe. So they're they've got young guys there, not really proven. Similar to Trubisky, not not really proving. You know, a lot of people compare him to Blake Bortles, uh, like Blake Bortles is like a poor man's Trubisky. But like, and the offensive line doesn't really scare you that much. It's got its pieces, it's solid, but it's not, you know, superior or anything. And then defensively, they bring back much of their same defensive core, but I just don't see them having as good of a season as they did last year. I mean, they I believe they were number one in takeaways. Number they were they gotta be number one in sacks. I mean they single The Steelers were actually number one in sacks tied oh, okay. with, with the I I can't remember yeah. who they were tied with, but it was the Steelers and somebody else. I think it wasn't Titans, Chicago. Maybe? Was I it think maybe uh, I'll um, look it up while you keep talking. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh in that Rams game that they had on Monday night, I think. The defense single-handedly won it for them. I don't think that's going to be the case next year when they have a rematch with the Rams in Los Angeles. I see that going the other way around. And and I've got them third also. And another reason why I've got Detroit above them is schedule. And the schedule, you know, is very important because Chicago won the division last year, which means they have a first-place schedule. So they have to play every first-place team in the NFC, which includes playing the Saints and Rams, and the Rams they got to go on the road for, whereas Detroit's going to be playing Arizona and Tampa Bay. You know, that's a complete mm-hmm. 180 in teams that you're playing. So Chicago's got a tougher schedule as far as that goes, and I just don't see their defense being able to replicate, like I said before. They, it's just going to be hard for them to have the same year that they did. And I believe they really are reliant on that defense too much. And so my ceiling of floor, though, I think they can still win the division. You know, I I don't have them fourth. So I, I can see them winning the division and then winning their wild card game. But I don't see them making it to the NFC Championship. And then my floor would be, I guess, like Nathan said, fourth place with, like, five wins maybe but realistically i see them more as like a seven win eight win team uh just the lions and not above them so so, so well, before you go on back yeah. to, i told you i'd look it up so they did lead the they led the league in interceptions and i believe with their fumbles because they had nine fumble recoveries the leader had 14 but i think combined with their interceptions they had the most turnovers and they were tied for first in defensive touchdowns Mm-hmm. And then with sacks, Pittsburgh and Kansas City were tied for first with 52. Oh, okay. And then Chicago and Minnesota were tied for third with 50. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, those are obviously great, great numbers to have. So we're moving on now to the Lions, and I'm going to be talking about them first. And the Lions, I've got finishing second in the division. Last year they finished fourth, but... I think this team is going to be a lot better this year. Uh, offensively, I like them a lot better than Chicago. I like that Matthew Stafford, you know, he's a proven veteran. While you know he's not going to take you to a Super Bowl, which I don't believe he will, he's not going to, you know, suck for you. So I've got, you know, him as probably the second best quarterback in the division. And then 
the weapons he has, I think, is a lot better than Chicago's weapons. I'm a big fan of Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones both. I didn't really know much about them last, especially Galladay. But, I mean, he lit up on the fantasy scene. Like, he was huge, a huge guy that kind of came from nowhere. Marvin Jones is a guy that, you know, is pretty consistent. Well, I don't know if he's consistent, but he, if Galladay's not having a good game, Jones will step up and have a good game. He's a deep threat, too. Yeah, deep threat. Yeah. Deep threat guy. And then they've got now Danny Amendola to fill their slot position, which I'd say he's like an average slot receiver, but it probably beats Jermaine Curse, who they, or I don't know, they probably didn't have Curse last year, but whoever they had last year at slot, I would say that he's an upgrade above. Um, they've been drafting offensive line the past couple of drafts. Uh, so they, I like their offensive line a little bit more. And at tight end, it's going to be an interesting, you know, to see how that plays out because they brought in Jesse James from Pittsburgh, but they also spent, I believe, the number eight pick on TJ Hawkinson. So they, Hawkinson is like a, kind of like an old school tight end where he's a really excellent blocker and he can catch the ball too. So he's not one of the, He's not like a tight end like Travis Kelsey, who's like a pure kind of like a receiver tight end. He's he can block for you too. So having another, him another, in there, another Steelers like, reference, kind of like Heath Miller. In a yeah, way. another Steelers mm-hmm. reference there. But you're right. Talking about the old school, give you a comparison, mm-hmm. like Heath Miller, basically. All right. Yep. And uh, and so he can almost be like an extra offensive lineman for him. And then looking at their running back position. Dio Reddick's nice, but Kerryon Johnson is a guy that came out of nowhere, too, as a rookie from Auburn, and he had a tremendous season last year. I believe he got injured at the end, at the end of it, but he I expect great things from him. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of that offense. They can I think they can put points up, up against Chicago. So looking at their defense now, the big addition, bringing in Trey Flowers from New England, one of, you know, probably their best edge rusher. Uh, it's no coincidence that Detroit is bringing in a lot of New England guys with that Matt Patricia, you know, as their head coach, New England connection. So they're bringing in a lot of those guys. And then I, I'm i a big fan of Darius Slay at cornerback. I think he's an underrated corner, and I can see him having a great year. Jared Davis from Florida, another guy that, you know, I watch SEC football a lot, so I remember him. I think he's solid. And Ashawn Robinson at D-Tackle, all right. There's a lot of all right guys in here. Jalen, uh, Justin Coleman from Tennessee, I think he's pretty good as a nickelback. Um, and they do have a kicker in Matt Prater. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Uh, so I've got the bear or not the, the Lions finishing second in the division. I can see that you know it's hard to put the Lions to win the division based on the history of the team, but I guess like for ceilings and stuff, I'll put them in there and I'll say that they they can win a playoff game. I, I think they could be a surprise team of the year that nobody's really talking about that ends up winning a playoff game, but. I definitely don't see them making the NFC Championship. 
and my floor for them, similar to Chicago, I mean, they could prove me wrong and just have the same crappy season like they did last year, but it is Detroit. <laughs> yeah. So they, I mean, they, they definitely have the history of that. So the floor I'll give like four or five wins, you know, and then, then you're really going to be having a question about should Matthew Stafford stay on the team since he, you know, has only taken them to the playoffs once, I believe. So I'll let uh, Nathan kind of echo my thoughts too about Detroit. Yeah. I'm, I'm really on the same page uh, with Zach here on this one. Um, I think that I, I really like the offense weapons that uh, they have around Stafford now. Um, like Zach was saying, Marvin Jones, uh, Kenny Galladay, uh, all those guys are pretty solid weapons on the outside. I think Amendola, uh, he hasn't produced uh, very much in the regular season lately, but he's you know he's reliable. Um, got sure hands and all that. Um, I really like Carry on Johnson and what they have with the running game now. You know, like Detroit, there was that stat going into the last year that they, they hadn't had a hundred yard rushing game or a single hundred yard rusher in like almost two years, I think. And they finally it broke was more that. than that, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was it was, it was forever. like twenty twenty fifteen with Reggie Bush. Yeah, so it's it, it's been a long time coming from to actually uh, have a running game to complement Matt Stafford. So I think that'll be. Um, big for them to have that all next year. Um, and again, I also like their defense uh, with Sean Robinson and now Trey Flowers on the D-line. And um, I think Darius Slade's pro- he doesn't get enough credit, I think, for being one of the top corners in the NFL. So I think both sides of the ball, they've got a lot more talent than people usually associate with the Lions. And I think that second place in the division is very realistic for them. I have them... Um, probably winning about nine to ten games and depending on i can see them second or third just depending on how the matchups with bears go whether they split those or you know where the outcome is um but ceiling wise i could definitely see them winning winning the division or at least getting a wild card spot and making the playoffs um and then floor wise um floor i could see them kind of just falling apart and not winning their i think the biggest thing with the Lions is that they got to win those divisional games, and they're going to be—I think that's going to be a competitive division uh, for them. So if they just fall apart against the Vikings and the Bears and drop those games versus the Packers that I think they should win, they could definitely—I see their floor at being uh, four to five games as well. But realistically, I'd say second place, uh, right above the Bears. Yeah, so I'm. The same as these guys. I'm going to echo them a little bit. I have Detroit finishing second in the division. I kind of went back and forth with them between Minnesota, between second and third. I think it was I originally had Minnesota, but about a day ago before we started this, I moved them into second over Minnesota. And, yeah, I think it's mainly for me on the offense again. Carry on Johnson. They finally have a running back. I mean, it was and it was kind of like if I'm looking at another team, that's a bit of an example. You look at the Saints for years and years yeah. had no running mm-hmm. game. And it was Drew Brees was having to put up 30, 40 points every game to win games with them. Obviously, Matthew Stafford is no Drew Brees. But now, I mean, but once Drew Brees got a running game, now you see the Saints as one of the top teams in the league the past couple of seasons because they finally got a running game. And the same with, you know, Detroit's <laughs> not going to have the same success. But now that they have a running game, they can take the burden off of Matthew Stafford's shoulders and he doesn't have to win games for them. 
I think the TJ Hawkinson, Jesse James combo is going to be a really deadly tight end combo. I mean, Jesse James, he never set the world on fire in Pittsburgh, <laughs> but he was kind of supposed to be that Heath Miller replacement. Like he was just kind of the guy that was reliable and was there, you know, they brought him into block, but if you needed someone to be open, he was be, he would be open. And Vance McDonald was kind of, you know, the main pass catcher. But I think having two tight ends, because normally you see teams these days, they'll have one tight end that's a big pass catcher and another one who is just kind of solely there for blocking. I think having two tight ends that can do both could be a really interesting and deadly combo. And then the defense, I same thing. Trey Flowers is a great edge rusher. Darius Slay, I do think, is underrated. One guy that you guys didn't mention, Damon Harrison, he is a oh, tremen- yeah. tremendous run stuffer. I mean, they do. I mean, he's huge to start with, but he's probably one of the mm-hmm. best run stopping defensive tackles in That's the game. True. Yeah. So that adds, you know, not only can they get to the quarterback and stop the, the passing game, but they can stop the running game too. So I would have to give them a ceiling of, I think, a ceiling of a. They could win the division, but then lose in the wild card round. I'm not going to go as far as Zach and say they could yeah. win a playoff game. I think winning the division and losing in the wild card would be my ceiling. And then floor would be kind of the same as Zach and Nathan, like five or six wins, maybe fourth in the, that, which could be fourth in the division, depending on some other factors or third, but like six, five or six wins is my floor. And then, so I'll let Eric talk about why he thinks the Lions are going to finish last next year. Yeah, well, I know if anyone's like listening to them, I think, man, three of them have them in second. Then this one guy has them in last. But <laughs> and I, you know, why, why is that? But it's for me, it's not that I necessarily think that the Lions are a bad team or anything. For me, the issue is, is I think on paper overall if you just look at every division in general this division is a really competitive division this is a division to me where for any team if like everything goes right they could win but also at the same time if things go wrong they could get last you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i i had a really hard time picking my order with this but I ultimately went with them being last, but like I said, not because I think they're bad. I just feel like the Bears and Vikings are better than them. And then I I debated on whether I was going to put them third or fourth uh, between them and Green Bay. But I think Detroit has a good team. And I really, going into the draft this current season, I really as a Jaguars fan, I really wanted them to draft TJ Hawkinson. I would have really liked to have him on our team and give Nick Foles a better weapon. But then when Josh Allen fell to us, I was totally fine with us taking him instead. But I think I like what Connor mentioned about TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James as a duo threaded tight end. They should definitely run a lot of two tight end sets and, with them both being capable blockers and route runners, it could be a mismatch for some defenses trying to figure out, you know, which one's going to go out for the pass, which one's going to block, where where do they match up. So I do like that for them. But I guess ultimately the reason why 
I'm picking them last isn't necessarily because of a lack of talent or anything like that. Just for whatever reason, it seems like even when it looks like the Lions have been able to put what looks like a good team together, for whatever reason, they just haven't been able to deliver in the results column. They pull a Detroit. (laughs) I believe it was Zach that mentioned, you know, Matthew Stafford's only gotten into the playoffs one time, even when there's been some times where he's had some, you know, fairly loaded offenses around him. Calvin Johnson. Yeah, yeah, one of the best wide receivers of that era on his team and stuff like that. But at the same time, as the guys have said, even when they had Megatron at the time, they didn't have a running game then. I mean, I I can't remember when the last time Detroit had a thousand yard season with a running back. It's Reggie Bush. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I, I said 2015 earlier. It was actually 2013, so yeah. even longer than I thought. <laughs> okay. it's, it's been it's been a while. I mean, I know most teams are going to a more of a running back by committee type of deal, but even then, there's still usually a good amount of thousand yard rushers every year. So I don't know, but I just I just don't trust Detroit. They haven't been able to prove to me that they can win yet. So I just don't have the confidence in them, but. They could prove me wrong, and you know, honestly, I kind of hope they do because I'm not a Packers fan by any means. And uh, you know, I don't. The Vikings, I guess, I, Vikings and Bears, I guess, I'm neutral with them. But you know, I w- as a fan of the Jaguars who went so long without having any success until we finally had that one good year a couple seasons ago. And I know Detroit hasn't won a playoff game in forever, so yeah, I would love for them to prove me wrong here and you know, make the playoffs and win a game or two. So I give them a ceiling of second in the division and maybe getting a wild card spot, but probably not winning the playoff game. And then I give them a floor of last in the division. As Nathan said, I think for the Lions to determine how well they do in this division, it's going to be how well they play their divisional games. They need to prove they can beat these other competitive teams in their division. So if they can do that, then they have a great chance. But if not, then they're in trouble. All right. So right. go you want to, go on to the, the pack. Packers yeah. Go on to the Packers now since you, Eric has them finishing the highest okay. of us. Uh-oh. I'm the only one that doesn't have the Packers in last place. I, like I said earlier, I debated on whether I was going to put them last or Detroit last. So, if they were to finish last, I would not necessarily be surprised. So going into the season, it's really tricky to evaluate the Packers for me because I definitely feel like they do not have as talented of a team as they've had in years past. But at the same time, they still have Aaron Rodgers. So, Although he, I, I would say he hasn't played up to his standards the last couple of years. But he had some injuries and things like that. Like if he's fully healthy and, you know, he like, like I said, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's proven he's a great player. But one thing that's interesting for me that almost made me put them in last place is I heard that he had had a lot of issues with Mike McCarthy and that was like what led to him, you know, being on the outs. But then I've also heard that he's already had issues with 
the new coach, Matt LaFleur, which is really interesting. I'm like, man, you've only had your first training camp and you're already at odds with your coach. So <laughs> that, that, not good. That is, now, obviously I don't know how true that is. I mean, it's, you know, some rumors and stuff that have come out. So, I mean, who knows if it's actually true or not, but for the fact for that to come out like this, something like that to come out this early is definitely concerning. So, but the, unlike the lions though, the Packers have been a team that even if it looks like they don't have a chance, they've still been able to like find a way and, do better than what they were projected to do. So I'm sticking them third, but I still, I don't have a ton of confidence in this team. So I want to give them the same ceiling and floors. I gave the lions with, with Aaron Rodgers, you always have a chance. So I would say maybe I'm still only going to give them a ceiling of second in the division with a nine and seven, but if they're already having issues with the coach and the players and stuff, they could easily fall apart and finish last. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And so with green Bay, so I, I definitely have them finishing in the cellar before I go forward. I got to give green Bay the award for best wide receiver names in the league. Marquez <laughs> Valdez, Scantling, go Geronimo Bulls. Allison, and Equamius St. Brown. Like, good good job on those names. Um, yeah, that's, but, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I'm with Aaron Rodgers, obviously, is he's a great quarterback, and you always have a chance with him. I just think that they've lost too many pieces. I mean, the besides the great names, they're only really good wide receivers to Ponte Adams. And I mean, they they have that running back tandem going on with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, but it really hasn't proven to be that good. And Jimmy Graham certainly did not have a great season last year with them. So I'm not sure what they're going to do. And I see they got Mercedes Lewis on there too. <clears throat> who's a super old man now. But, <laughs> yep. Uh, what fans know about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, and besides David Bakhtiari, I will say David Bakhtiari is one of the best offensive linemen in the league, but the rest of their offensive line really doesn't scare you at all. So, I mean, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is a mobile quarterback, but there's only so much you can avoid. And the defense is, I'm just going to say the defense is awful. Uh, outside of Mike <laughs> Daniels, they lost Clay Matthews in the off season. There's, the defense is terrible. I don't think they're going to be able to stop anybody out there. I mean, and especially in the division. I mean, with some of the offenses in the division, I don't think they can stop even the Bears. Even if, I mean, the Bears probably would have the worst offense on paper besides the Packers, I think. But I think they'll have trouble even stopping even the Bears. So, And I think to go off of what Eric was saying with the rumors, from what I've heard... It's more so that when you've got a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, when you're thinking of building an offense, the idea is that you want to build the offense around Aaron Rodgers. Like, to suit Aaron Rodgers, he's a elite quarterback. You want to build the offense for him. From what I'm hearing, apparently, like, you know, Matt LaFleur's trying to enter in his own offensive scheme, not taking Aaron Rodgers' skill set and his you know, past experience into account and he's just trying to build it himself. 
And I think that's why Aaron Rodgers is going against him. And it's why I think they're going to fail. Because if you're trying to build an offense all on your own, you know, with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, if you're not building it for him, it's just a recipe for disaster. I mean, I think we kind of saw that in back to Denver again, you know, back the year they won the Super Bowl, why their offense was so terrible was because they tried to go away from Peyton Manning's skill set. They tried to make their own offense. And it's like, when you again, when you have a quarterback like Peyton Manning, you build the offense for Peyton Manning, not around him. So I think I'll give the Packers a ceiling of probably, like, honestly, I can't go any higher than 7-9. and nine, I think, which could probably at highest be third in this division with the competitiveness of it. Uh, so a ceiling of seven and nine and a floor of probably three or four wins. I mean, if, if everything goes wrong, cause obviously Aaron Rodgers can still take you places, but if everything goes wrong, which I think is more likely this year than probably any other year, I'd say three or four wins could be a floor for them. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely agree with, with what you guys have been saying and <clears throat> looking at their offense, they have three elite players and one pretty good player. The elites being Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, and Aaron Rodgers. I always say David Bacteria when I see his name. I always say <laughs> but he definitely he's better than Bacteria. For, I mean, like if you're that's that shouldn't be a nickname for him. But uh, and then Brian Bulaga's a pretty solid right tackle. But Jimmy Graham, in my opinion, is washed up. Mercedes Lewis, I don't want to say he's washed up because I'm a fan of his, but he's not, you know, he's still a good blocking tight end, but that's about all he does. And then Jay Sternberger, uh, like I said, I watch a lot of SEC football. He went to Texas A&M, and I wasn't really a fan of his. I was kind of surprised that he was drafted as high as he was. And the Packers are one of these teams that – they have a history of drafting. They build their team through the draft, and they usually build it pretty well. Uh, and so, I'm not. I haven't been a fan of many of their recent draft picks, including Rashawn Gary, their first round pick uh, from last year's draft. Not a big fan draft, of Gary. actually. Yeah, this. Yeah, this year. I'm going to say this year's draft. Uh, I think Darnell Savage can be okay, but I mean they had a lot of top picks in this draft, and I don't think they hit on a lot of them. And I wasn't a fan of their corner picks last year. Jair Alexander, I don't think he had that great of a year, or Kevin King. And then the one guy that I do like that they have, <laughs> no surprise, Marquez Valdez Scantling, the former uh, <laughs> USF, the former USF bull. I was a fan. I'm obviously a fan of his. So I, I like that as their slot receiver. I think he should be their slot instead of this Geronimo Allison guy. But because uh, he had some some pretty solid uh, games last year, Valdez Scantling had because they had a bunch of injuries and stuff. No Randall Cobb anymore. And like Connor said, defensively, this team doesn't scare you at all. I mean, the all these offenses are going to be able to put up points against them, and I don't see it getting any better. And I'm not a I'm not a Matt Lafleur fan. Uh, he didn't really do anything with the Rams. It was all Sean McVay, and for whatever reason, he wasn't even. I think he was the quarterback coach there, 
Then he gets moved to Tennessee as their offensive coordinator, where he's the play caller. Uh, they supposedly run an exotic smash mouth there. <laughs> the stupidest thing <laughs> ever. That that <laughs> we saw how that ever. turned out last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, so did that really make, you know, does that make him the Zarin of a head coaching job from two years ago being the quarterback's coach for the Rams? I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. And then don't get me started on Nathaniel Hackett, the former <laughs> offensive coordinator for the Jags. I completely <laughs> forgot about him until I saw him on this list here. Oh man, job. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the Jags got rid of him because their offense was so bad. But then Green Bay was like, "Let's bring him in." So I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> but I don't. I don't using some brains have, there. He's not, but yeah. The thing is, he's not even going to have any role because it's going to be like you said. Lafleur is already cla- uh Him and Rodgers are clashing. That's not you know good news at all. And so I'm Aaron Rodgers for being a superstar like Eric I'm going to go with Eric Sealings and floor I think I'm going to say they could potentially win seven wins I don't think they'll make the playoffs but I I could also you know I I think they'll finish fourth in the division I have the other three teams I have more confidence in the other three teams to finish above them so I you know the more we've been talking about it, the more I don't like this Packers team <laughs> so <laughs> So yeah, three, four wins. Uh, they're not going to be. They're not going to be good next year. All right. Yeah, I think. I think we're all kind of the same consensus that the Packers aren't going to be very great. Um, I had a hard time like just making these rankings. It's hard to pick against Aaron Rodgers. He is so great, and you can make a lot out of um, you know not very much. But even by like, I think the Packers' offense has been gen- like gradually diminishing in talent to the point where now it's he has Devontae Adams and basically you know some guys are kind of mediocre receivers and he's got basically hey, the ghost of okay. <laughs> yeah. don't don't go against the USF guy with oh, yeah. here. Can't go against the Bulls. <laughs> but hey, he scored some against you guys that one year. Oh he's I'm, I'm saying I like him better than most people. I think yeah. I think a lot of people have never even heard of him. So I definitely give him credit for that. But just as, you know, a few years ago, we had Rodgers throwing to um, Prime, Jordy Nelson, Cobb, and uh, Adam and Adams. coming into the league. Yeah, <laughs> to now the point where he's throwing to the, basically the ghosts of uh, Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis. And I, I can't see them. I think he can, he can do um, a little bit more than what he should be able to just because of his talent level. But I don't see him being very good on offense and defense. You know, really, I recognize about three of these names. Uh, Mike Daniels and Blake Martinez are obviously studs. And Jair Alexander could potentially be a good cornerback if he takes a step forward. But, like, I just don't think they have enough talent on either side of the ball to keep up with this division. I think ceiling-wise, they can maybe jump up to third over either the Lions or Bears based on whoever's, you know, better this year. But realistically, I see them coming in fourth. Uh, coming in dead last and probably winning about four games tops, just based just based purely off of Aaron Rodgers um, carrying them. And then, um, so the next team, uh, the Vikings. I had them uh, pick to win the division. Um, 
I think this year is the year they finally take the step forward. I think everyone, a lot of people have them picked to win last year. And a lot of folks even had them win the Super Bowl or one of their uh, picks to represent the NFC. And I I just like the talent they have all over the place. I think as far as wide receiver duos go, I'd have to pick, or I guess, I guess the, now the Browns have Odell, so maybe Odell and Jarvis might be bet one better, but I like their duo of Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs a lot. And obviously Laquan Treadwell had that kind of top 10 uh, talent. If he takes another step forward, that's a great trio for them. And they got Kyle Rudolph back and drafted uh, Irv Smith, who I think is a really athletic tight end. And I think that I wasn't a big fan of the Kirk Cousins deal last year. Um, I, th- I always thought he was a little bit average to get that kind of money. But I do think if he keeps being efficient and just at least uh, is able to distribute the ball to all these talented players he has around him, I think it could be very good. Especially if Dalvin Cook comes back healthy and they get the ground game going, I think it's going to be a very well-rounded offense with all that talent they have, plus the upgrades they made to the O-line with Garrett Bradbury and signing Josh Klein. I think overall that's a very good offense. And defense, I think everyone talks about the Bears in their division, and I don't think people talk about the Vikings enough. Um, uh, Xavier Rhodes at cornerback is a guy I've been a fan of for a long time, and they managed to get Anthony Barr back on that um, team-friendly deal. A lot of people thought he was out of town. And I think that front seven with Barr, uh, Everson Griffin, uh, Linval Joseph, all those guys, I think that's – very tough to run against, and we saw it against the pass too. So, I just think overall, this is a team that um, disappointed last year, but I think with a favorable schedule, they could definitely run through um, the division. I I think it's realistic for them to win the, the NFC North, and I think my ceiling for them would be um. My ceiling would be making the NFC Championship game. I don't know if I could pick them to win the Super Bowl right now. I think the Rams are still um, very strong, and they're re- you know coming back with a lot of their talent. I think it's tough to pick against the Rams right now, but I can see ceiling-wise them making at least making the NFC Championship game. And floor-wise, I just think they have too much on paper right now to really be, really be bad this year. I think they can compete, at least compete with... Um, any team they go up against. So I'm going to give them a floor of uh, eight to nine wins, kind of like their year last year was kind of a disappointment based on their preseason projections. I can see that type of year being the floor for them. But um, yeah, like I said, just kind of talent everywhere. And I, I haven't won the division. Yeah, so, so I agree with you. You know, not surprised. Like I said earlier, Nathan <laughs> and I have the same list, so there. Yeah. You know, there's not going to be a lot of disagreements between us. Great but... minds think alike. <laughs> yes, I was so, uh... sure. <laughs> he too poppy and pasted. I'm surprised. That, <laughs> I'm surprised that Nathan didn't talk about Mike Hughes. That's uh, why I was getting too. I knew I should get Yeah, well, he's not listed on the first line, so you might not have yeah. seen him. But I'm sure you're a fan of his and. I, well, you know, all two pretty much. So that's another big addition they got coming back. Not to cut you off, but oh no, that's fine. another reason I'm, I uh, got them highly rated because he'll be a big addition out wide. Yeah, so you know, I'm gonna go ahead and 
even with Cleveland, I'm going to say that this tandem, Diggs and Thielen, is the best, even with Cleveland, uh, Landry, and Odell Beckham. I mean, just the, the numbers that these guys put up, and they really complement each other, too. Whereas, like, Diggs is, like, a deep threat guy. Thielen is, like, a reliable, trusty hands. I don't, you know, he doesn't drop very many passes. And great route runner, um, mid-routes, short routes. And then Diggs can take you over the top. And then Laquan Treadwell is a guy that hasn't really lived up to his potential. He was a first-round pick, but the speed that he's got to be like a slot receiver is tremendous. He's got tremendous speed. So if he can stay healthy, I think he could have a good year. And Kirk Cousins is a guy that I think gets unfairly criticized because of his contract. And rightfully so, I think his contract, he's overpaid. But... I still don't think that makes him a bad quarterback. You know, he's not a clutch guy, so he's not going to... I don't think he's one to take over games and pull off a bunch of fourth-quarter, you know, game-winning touchdowns like Aaron Rodgers has done. But he's a solid regular season quarterback, and I was looking at his stats before this. He had a way better year than Trubisky had, and we were all saying that Trubisky had you know, a pretty good year. He threw more touchdowns, threw less interceptions, threw more yards, had a higher completion percentage, had a higher QBR. He was, he beat him in about every category last year. And with the weapons he's got compared to Chicago, I think there's no reason why that's going to change, why the quarterback rankings between him and Trubisky should, should change. And offensive line, the offensive line, they've really put an emphasis on improving drafting Bradbury at center, bringing in Klein. They've got Riley Reef. So the offensive line is, you know, I'd put definitely in the top half of the league. And then this guy doesn't stay healthy a lot, but if he's healthy, Dalvin Cook, I think, can be an elite running back. And that's a big if. I, I do understand that. That's, you know, that's there's no you know, history says that he's going to get injured, but if he's healthy, you know, the the start of his rookie season, you know, he was taking the league on fire. Like, he was having huge games, and he was a huge part of their success early on before he got that injury. And like Nathan said, defensively, they don't get talked about as much as the Bears do because the Bears had such a great season last year. But, you know, I don't... You know, their depth, they might have gotten a little weaker on their depth, but their starters are still competitive with Chicago's defense. Daniel, I mean, that defensive line is is pretty stacked. And then they were able to bring back Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. Uh, they've got, I think Xavier Rhodes is a little bit overrated, but Harrison Smith is an elite safety. And, like... Nathan was saying about Mike Hughes coming back, Trey Waynes. They've got an overall, they've got a good secondary. They've, I think they've got, you know, I guess their coaching is eh, Mike Zimmer and stuff. But I, I definitely can see the Vikings having a bounce back here because they were so overhyped last year. They, they didn't, they still had an okay season. They didn't have like a complete failure of a season. So I think, 
there's no reason why they can't bounce back after being humbled from a year like last year. And they do have an easier schedule, like like Nathan said. They don't have to face New Orleans, and they don't have to face the Rams in the regular season. So that should give them a boost. And so I've, I've, I'm going to give kind of the same ceiling of floor. I think they can make it to the NFC Championship, but I wouldn't put them in the Super Bowl. And the floor, I, I could see them making the playoffs as a wild card team at like 9-7. So, yeah, guys. So for me, I'm pretty sure I said this earlier, but I I debated between whether to put the Bears number one or the Vikings number one. It was it was tough to say. But after the disappointment that the Vikings had last year, I have trouble putting them at number one. That's mainly the sole reason, but. As Zach just said, they could definitely have a bounce back year. I would not be surprised if they were to win the division. Their offense is going to be really good. But as Zach mentioned, too, I, for me, with their offense, it's going to come down to Dalvin Cook and whether he can stay healthy or not. Because when he's been healthy, he has showed that he can be an elite running back in the NFL. But then he's also been injured a lot. And as they say, the best ability is availability. So if he's not available... That's a good quote. (laughs) I mean, I feel like... It's true. I I feel like out of all the players in the NFL, right? I mean, this mainly pertains... Dalvin Cook is like one of the top players that you could say that about I mean is a beast but he just hasn't been out there that much and so hopefully he's you know healthy and ready to come back you know hopefully he's 100% and everything and ready to go we'll see but I definitely would not be surprised if the Vikings were to win the division even though I still am predicting the Bears to win the division I, I I guess my other main concern with this team is going to be Kurt Cousins. When I've watched him play football, he's had so many times where he'll have like an amazing game, and you think, man, he's turning you know he's turning a corner and going to show that he can become an elite quarterback. But then he has some dud games at the same time, and you're thinking like what happened you know and with with those weapons that he has on that team he shouldn't be having that problem so if Kirk Cousins can show me that he can be a great consistent quarterback then this team probably does win the division but I just don't know if I trust that oh Zach's pulling up (laughs) you like that (laughs) yeah back to his Redskins today (laughs) Yeah, but so I, I do give the Vikings a ceiling the same as the Bears that I had with the NFC Championship appearance. I could see them definitely getting there, but... <laughs> You know, if Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Zach is yeah. distracting us here. Zach, stop! You're distracting me. All right, all right, all right. You're, you're interrupting my analysis. <laughs> if you're not watching this on YouTube, Zach was just putting up some funny uh, Kirk Cousins memes on the screen. 
But so I, I give the Vikings a ceiling of NFC Championship appearance. I but I don't see them falling down as low as like we see the Packers falling. I'm gonna give them a floor of like eight and eight, nine and seven, somewhere in there. But they they definitely have potential to have a great season. Yeah, so I was the only one in this group of four to put the Vikings lower than second place. And I think it's, well, first of all, Eric's the rant guy around here, but I mentioned (laughs) this in the last episode that this is a topic that I'm probably, I want to rant about someday is this, the contracts that these quarterbacks are getting in the NFL. Like, I don't know what the Vikings were thinking when they gave Kirk Cousins that contract, (laughs) but I mean, especially after the years that he had had in Washington, it's just like, oh, let's pay this guy $86 million for his mediocre stats that he's put up in Washington. Like, okay, sure, that makes sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And also, they had quarterbacks, too, at the time. Right, right. They they had three quarterbacks. They had Chase Keenum, (laughs) Sam Bradford, and, like, Matt Castle, and they had let them all go for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and Tate Bridgewater. So... But yeah, I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is overrated, honestly. And I don't, I mean, sure, he had some performances, but like Eric mentioned, he has all these dud games, too, where you're just like, what? Like, this guy's worth $86 million? Like, I I don't know. Um, But then the thing for me with Dalvin Cook is I definitely agree that he's a beast. But I think the big problem this year is the fact that if he gets hurt, there's no more Latavius Murray as his backup. Latavius Murray's gone. And Alexander Madison is obviously they drafted him as a third round pick, but he's unproven. He's an unproven rookie. And so can and Latavius Murray had previously been a starter and he's a good committee back. So he could take over that role when Cook got hurt. But if Cook gets hurt again, can can Alexander Madison pick up the slack? Because, I mean, the other guys aren't Michael Boone and Amir Abdullah aren't going to pick up the slack. So we'll see how that goes. And. I would agree with that Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are probably the best wide receiver duo right now, just because we haven't seen Odell and Landry play yet. So I can't, I can't put them number one above Thielen and Diggs, especially after what they did last year. But yeah. And the defense for Minnesota, I mean, they took an interesting turn last year because the season before last, they were the number two defense behind Jacksonville. It was mm-hmm. like both them and Jacksonville this year were supposed to have the best defenses. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to both of them, but they just disappeared. I mean, the Vikings defense was way, way less. I don't know if I want to say worse, but they just didn't perform at all to how they should have. And everybody was just kind of going, really? Like, you know, and Mike Zimmer is a defensive-minded coach, so mm-hmm. it was pretty surprising. Like, wow, like, this is the defense for Minnesota? I mean, weren't they supposed to be, like, the number one defense this year? So, I mean, and I do agree that they still have the pieces there, but because they haven't lost anybody. I mean, it's all the same guys, you know. Linville Joseph, and Anthony Barr, and Harrison Smith are all pro bowlers. Mm-hmm. Xavier Rhodes and Everson Griffin are both really good. And Eric Kendricks is a decent middle linebacker, but they just need to prove to me that they can work as a cohesive unit again and be a top five defense like they were a couple of years ago. And so that's kind of the reason why I'm not sold on this defense yet. And also on the offense, just the question marks. I mean, even though Thielen and Diggs are a great receiving duo, 
the question marks surrounding Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins are probably the reasons why I have them below Detroit and and Chicago. But I did say that originally I had Minnesota above Detroit in second, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they, you know, were higher than third. So I'll give them a ceiling of because since they have the pieces and if they can put it together, I would give them a ceiling of probably a divisional round loss, like winning the division, but losing in the divisional round. Okay. And then I'd probably give them a floor of kind of where I have them right now. Third place, like finishing seven and nine or so like six and 10, seven or nine uh, in third place in the division. So now we're going to move on to the final part of the episode with some quick current events here. So Wimbledon wrapped up a couple days ago, and unfortunately, I didn't actually get to watch this match. But if you just, I mean, just looking at the the stat line there, this is an incredible. Yeah, it was an incredible match. It was the longest final in Wimbledon history between Djokovic and Federer. I mean, and you see, Djokovic had to win a tiebreaker. It was so close in the fifth set. And it's unfortunate for me because I'm not a Djokovic fan at all. I mean, I used to not like Federer too much either because, you know, you always kind of want to root against the guy who's so good. But I've more so in the last couple of years liked Federer just because he's so he's 37 years old. And the fact that he's still performing at the level that he can is amazing to me. And but still, regardless, a great final the women's side was won by Halep. She beat Serena Williams. So there's all these questions around Serena Williams now, whether she can actually win another major. And she didn't just, I mean, if you look at that stat line, she lost both sets 6-2. So, I mean, Halep dominated that game. So I don't know what the future looks like for Serena, but hopefully she can win something else because, I mean, she's one of the greatest women's tennis players in history. And she's trying to chase that record for majors. I think she's at 23 right now and the record is 24. So I'm hoping for her, she can get there, but then moving on to NASCAR, once again, shout out to Michelle Batten on Facebook for that comment about talking, wanting us to talk about NASCAR. Uh, they were at Kentucky this last weekend. Great. Kurt, Kurt Busch wins the race, his first win of the season and another win for Chevrolet. Not so much. I talked about last episode about of a resurgence for Hendrick Motorsports and didn't quite happen for them in this race. I mean, they none of their guys finished in the top 10. So this was a better race for the Toyotas, Kyle Busch and Eric Jones being up there and Denny Hamlin. Kentucky's always been being an oval track is a bit more favorable to the Toyotas. But I, I mean, I was happy for Kurt Busch and, you know, he's an he's one of the elder statesmen in the sports. He's one of the last guys that you'd call as like the old guard of NASCAR. So it was good to see. And the finish was good. I saw the finish and him and Kyle, the two Bush brothers were battling on the last lap for the win. And Kurt Bush just barely edged him out for the win. So that was, that was nice to see for him. And he also gets a spot in the chase now for winning the race. So a guaranteed playoff spot for Kurt Bush. Then moving on to formula one, Lewis Hamilton, his home Grand Prix at uh, Silverstone in the UK. Um, You know, Mercedes just continuing their dominance. I mean, if you look at the stat line, Lewis Hamilton won the race by 24 seconds. And this is this is honestly another topic I could 
since we don't cover F1 here, but uh, as like a main sport, but another topic I could rant about is just how uncompetitive the season is this year. I mean, aside from Verstappen winning the race in Austria, it's been all Mercedes this year and mainly Lewis Hamilton. I mean, not even Botas has, I think Botas has won one race this year. And, you know, especially with a NASCAR, how at Daytona you had Justin Haley of all people won the race. I mean, how in the world did that happen? You know, no, nobody had ever seen that coming. And, but the thing is, you just don't see that in Formula One. You don't see guys outside of Mercedes or Red Bull or Ferrari, the top three teams. You don't see someone coming out of nowhere and winning the race. And obviously this year, it's unfortunate that, you know, this, it's just the same guy winning every race, which if you're a fan of him and if you're a fan of Mercedes, that's awesome. But if you're not... Or if you're just not into the sport as much as, you know, people who are and you're just kind of following it, it's like, well, this sucks. You know, there's nothing to watch. It's just the same guy. And so then finally, to close it out, we uh, we don't the NBA is not our main topic anymore, but sort of like the last big move. We thought the Kawhi Leonard move was going to be the last (laughs) big thing for NBA free agency. But, yeah, this is. The Oklahoma City Thunder traded Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets for uh, for Chris Paul and for a couple draft picks. So since Eric is a fan of the Thunder, I'll let him give a little bit of his thoughts on how he thought this, how good he thought or bad he thought the move was. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna rate this move as an okay move. I. I mean, the good thing is that while I know most Oklahoma City Thunder fans are probably upset that Russell Westbrook is gone, and I understand that with as long as he was on the team, but I've always felt like his triple doubles and stuff are very overrated, and especially with them moving on, or especially with them trading Paul George it was an obvious sign that they are wanting to go into a rebuild. You know, you're not going to win with just Russell Westbrook. So I was fine with them trading them and they got some for uh, some more first round picks, which was nice, but you know, they got rid of one terrible contract, but then they just accumulated another terrible contract at the same time. So I don't see Chris Paul fitting in with the thunder. I'm sure the thunder and I've been hearing all kinds of rumors about them trying to trade him. Like Miami seems to be the number one rumor that people are talking about. But if I'm Miami, I'm not making a move for a 40 plus million dollar contract of a player. That's like 34 years old. (laughs) I, I, I wouldn't be doing that if I was them. So like, I've heard that actually, in order for the Heat to agree to make the move, that they want the Thunder to give them several first-round picks. And so then that wouldn't make sense for the Thunder to do that because they accumulated all these draft picks for a reason because they're trying to rebuild. And then if they give them all up to dump the Chris Paul contract, then, you know, I mean, they would defeated have, the purpose. Yeah, I know they wouldn't get... I know that they have, like, a buttload of draft picks, so I know they wouldn't be giving up all of them, but they would definitely have to give up a chunk, which... Connor just said would defeat the purpose of getting all of the draft picks so and then I've also heard rumors of them buying him out but then that's a huge waste of of money (laughs) that's a huge waste of money for no production so I feel like this move puts the while they got some more draft picks I feel like this move puts the thunder in a bind and 
it's going to be interesting to see how they get out of this, but I don't know. And I don't, honestly, I don't think the Thunder are even done yet because in addition to getting rid of Chris Paul, I'm sure they're trying to trade Steven Adams as well. So they're still going to be busy, but I don't know. It, I'm basically, I, as I mentioned in the last episode too, after the Paul George trade that I'm probably going to be in the same boat as Connor in terms of <laughs> my team's probably going to suck this year. So I've, I'll, he's I'll going to be, be eating those tacos with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously while Connor lives in North Carolina and I live in Texas, you won't be able to be together, but you know, I'll, I'll take a walk and eat a taco and spear it with Connor at the same time during that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, so no, that's, no April playoff watching for you, for your team. Uh, I'll just be, I'll just have to go into it with a, like, maybe if like the magic make it, you know, I lived in Florida, so I'm cool with them. Or maybe if like Zach's trailblazers get in, uh, Nathan, are you a basketball fan? Like, who do you like in basketball? If you do, I'm a Celtics fan. I'm I'm a fan of all four of the uh, Boston sports. Okay, so I will. Boston, I know that's not a it's not a popular uh, take, but while I, while I normally would agree with Connor's boo there, I since Boston did draft Grant Williams from Tennessee. That's right. I might be connection. looking. I'll be looking at Boston too. So I'm obviously not going to jump ship from the Thunder, but. I, obviously, I'm curious to see how the Tennessee guys do. So it'll give me a lot of other stuff to pay attention to while the Thunder in the basement dwelling down there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so real quick, I don't want to talk about the trade that much, but when I saw it, I shook my head for both sides, the Rockets and the Thunder side, because like the Thunder are getting Chris Paul with two draft picks, I think. But, you know, they're probably going to need to trade Chris Paul on one more draft pick just to get him out of there. So, I don't know. It, it wasn't a great return for them. And then I don't think it's going to work between him and Harden in Houston. I'm not a fan of that combo. So Supposedly, it's where Russell Westbrook wanted to go, and that's why the Thunder traded him. To yeah, there. they gave him his wish. But, but yeah. at the time, it's like him and James Harden play the exact same style. They both like to bring the ball up the court. They both like to get triple-doubles. They both like to chase the stats. They both hate playing defense. <laughs> I saw this funny uh, little video on Twitter as a clip from that Will Ferrell basketball movie that he was in where him and another guy are just like passing the ball back and forth to each other. And like then the comment was like both Russell, both Russell Westbrook and James Harden trying to get the assist for the triple-double. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, once, you get, once you get that 10th assist, like they're going to be holding on the ball the whole time, though. Oh, yeah. But, um... But yeah, so so that's going to wrap up the podcast here. No rant this time because with the four of us, we didn't want to throw in like a 15-minute rant uh, and extend the show too long. We're running about an hour 20, which is fine right now. But I don't want to give a review. Like I gave a review in the last episode. I started to do that. And I was like, wait, what am I doing? Go watch the episode. Don't listen to Zach. <laughs> yeah, kind of. that was kind of weird last time. But uh I mean, we end every video by saying, you know, thank you to uh, everybody who's listened, continues to listen. The continued support is great on Twitter and Facebook. And the NFC South is going to be the next one that we talk about. So next week, expect a video for that to come out. Another highly competitive division. Oh, yeah, definitely. And... I will say one thing before we go, Anthony and Alex podcast. If you guys are listening to this, <laughs> and, <laughs> could you please follow 
Walk for Life and Mr. Sea Dog 54. We followed you guys in the <laughs> IFB follow trains on NBA Twitter, and you guys haven't followed us back. I believe you followed our main account with that Eric controls. Yeah, they're, that's, how they're, they're yeah, they're that's how they got the question up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but we, you know, we have followed you before, and you didn't follow us back. So if you are listening to this, that'd be awesome if you could do that. And you know, <laughs> no bad blood or anything. to everybody else uh thank you guys enjoy the rest of your day see y'all later see ya see ya